Heidi Harris. This is the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do these a couple of times a week. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts. This is my first one of 2023. And who better to kick it off with than Dr. Kelly Victory, who has been a truth teller throughout the COVID situation. She joined me on my live Sunday night show in St. Louis. We talked about Damar Hamlin. We talked about some other things that we are seeing. And always a privilege to have Dr. Kelly Victory join me. Dr. Kelly Victory is a board certified physician of over 30 years, an expert in emergency medicine. Dr. Kelly Victory, thanks for being here again. Happy New Year. Hey, Heidi. Happy New Year to you. Thanks for having me back. And I will tell you right out of the box, you needn't worry about not being able to keep track of the latest uh, COVID variants because it isn't the last one. And frankly, it doesn't matter. As I've been saying to to you and to uh, all of the listeners from the very beginning of this, um, all viruses mutate. It's the nature of viruses, and coronaviruses are particularly adept at it. Uh, they do it very, very quickly. The great news is uh, two things happen when viruses mutate uh, and change over time, with exceedingly rare exception, really reportably rare exception. They do two things. They become more contagious, but less lethal. Easier to transmit it to other people, but with fewer and fewer severe symptoms. The great news is the current variants are uh, really associated with very mild symptoms. Most people don't even need to go to the doctor, let alone end up in the hospital. Uh, So I wouldn't worry about not keeping track. Interesting, too, because we're speaking with Dr. Kelly Victory, and you can follow her on Twitter. She's back on Twitter. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Dr. Kelly Victory <laughs> on Twitter. I was thrilled to see you back after you were banned. Thank God for Elon Musk allowing actual, uh, you know, people to think and be allowed on Twitter. But, you know, it was interesting. I I got a little achy yesterday and didn't feel good. Then I thought, oh, I better go back to bed. I was supposed to go to a lunch with some friends. And I thought, I better not. And I just really felt achy for a while. And then by the end of the day, I felt better. And I don't know if it was something my body was fighting off. My Wonder Woman arms came out and fought it off, my T-cells or whatever. But talk about people who have a healthy immune system and their ability to fight off these variants versus people who have three, four, or five shots and are losing their immune system. Well, all good points, Heidi. And the reality is this. There are myriad viruses out there that cause very similar symptoms. Uh, You know, sore throat, achiness, low-grade fevers, cough, runny nose, those sorts of things. And at some point, it really doesn't matter which virus you have. Um, I wouldn't even ask you, wow, did you get tested for COVID? Because there's, who cares if it was COVID or rhinovirus or one of the, they said, myriad other viruses that cause those symptoms. The reality is this, we should be employing common sense. People with healthy immune systems like you, people who are taking care of themselves in general, eating well, getting regular exercise, adequate sleep, managing their stress, those sorts of things, We'll kick these things. We have a ton of over-the-counter medications and plenty of prescription medications if people are having a tougher go of it. But the reality is that what we have done during this pandemic response, everything from the unnecessary and ineffective wearing of masks to the psychological and physical damage of social distancing, a totally made-up construct, the damage done by the lockdowns, the unbelievable toll we took on children by keeping them home from school and out of sporting events. All of these things have done a real hit job to people's underlying immune system. And on top of that, the fact that so many people 
uh, bought into and took these vaccines. And we know that the vaccines themselves have an immunosuppressive effect. A huge study just came out of Cleveland uh, last week. Again, another study, this is now dozens of them, that show that not only are the COVID vaccines not effective in stopping you from getting COVID, not effective in stopping you from transmitting it, but in fact, the more shots you get, the higher risk you have of coming down with one of these new COVID variants. And brother, no surprise here. We're speaking with Dr. Kelly Victory. You can follow her on Twitter at Dr. Kelly Victory. Talk to me about the booster because there are some people who seem to think that, oh, I had one shot, I had two shots, I was okay. And then all of a sudden that booster seems to have been a problem with some people. Talk, talk about that if that's even the truth. Well, it does seem to correlate with what we are seeing. The more shots people get, the worse their side effects are and the less effective the shots are. So it's a double whammy. You increase your risk of having an adverse event the more shots you get, and you decrease your chances of being able to fight off COVID the more shots you get. Uh, So it's really time to stop. I respect anyone's decision People had their own reasons for why they chose to get these vaccines. Many people were coerced. Some people mandated into it. Some people just didn't understand the risks or didn't understand the risks relative to their risk from COVID itself. But whatever your reasons were, my suggestion is if you got two shots, don't get three. If you got three, don't get four and so on. Stop this because the evidence of a mounting on a daily basis of severe adverse effects, lack of effectiveness of the shots, destruction to the immune system, increased risk of cancer, increased risk of, of cardiac issues, and on and on. Yeah, I saw a doctor today, I'm not going to mention who, uh, who does some kind of a, I don't know how it popped up on Twitter or something. This guy does a, a blog, and he now has throat cancer at 53. He's having to have major uh, radiation and all these, you know, chemo and all the stuff at 53 years old, still out there pushing the shots. He has no family history of throat cancer. And I'm not saying the shot caused that. How can I possibly know that? But he doesn't ever even entertain the idea that it could be possible to have this kind of thing. And I'm seeing people going from zero to 60. And now you and I've talked about this before with cancers and situations that come out of nowhere. All of a sudden they have, I have a friend who's got went from zero to stage three kidney disease practically overnight. Talk a little bit about that, Dr. Victory. Yeah. Let's talk about the cancer issue. I think people need to understand what I'm saying with regard to cancer. It's not that the vaccines quote cause cancer. The issue is this, your first defense system, Everyone's first defense against cancer is their immune system. It's your immune system is responsible not just for fighting off bacteria and viruses. It's your immune system that is supposed to recognize that very first abnormal breast cell, that very first abnormal skin or colon cell. Your immune system is supposed to see that and say, wow, that's not normal, and gobble it up and eliminate it before you ever, it ever turns into a cancer. So it's not that the vaccines are, quote, causing cancer. It's that they're damaging your immune system and rendering it so that it doesn't see and doesn't respond to those abnormal cells that it normally would. So what we are seeing is a huge increase, not only in the onset of new, very aggressive cancers, particularly in people in younger age groups where they weren't seen before, things like, you know, 
throat cancer in people who aren't smokers or heavy drinkers, uh, very aggressive skin cancers in young people, very aggressive lymphomas and leukemias in young people. We're seeing that, and we are seeing resurgence of cancers in people who had had cancer before that had gone into remission. So somebody who's breast cancer or colon cancer was considered essentially cured. They hadn't had any signs of it for six or eight or 10 years. All of a sudden, not only is it back, it's back and metastatic with a vengeance. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It really is. All right, when we come back, we're going to take a quick break. I want to come back. I want to talk with uh, with you about DeMar Hamlin. That was obviously everybody in the country was watching that. Everybody was praying for him. It looks like he's sitting up at least in his hospital bed. Thank God for that. But I want to get your thoughts on some of the controversy surrounding it because people immediately were, I mean, 10 seconds after it happened, people are on Twitter going, well, don't say it's the shot. We don't know what it is, but we know it's not the shot. So we'll talk about that much more with Dr. Kelly Victory. I'm Heidi Harris. Coming right back. This is 97.1 FM Talk. Well, I'm back with Dr. Kelly Victory. Always a privilege to have her take time for my audience. All right, so let's talk about Damar Hamlin. Obviously, a terrifying moment. The entire country was watching. It looks like he's sitting up in a hospital bed. Thank God prayer works. That's wonderful. But talk to me about the controversy and the fact that people wouldn't even entertain the fact that it might have been the shot. We're not saying it is. What were your first thoughts as a board-certified emergency physician when you saw what happened? Well, first of all, I'll say, yes, thank God he is doing, the, he appears to be recovering. I, frankly, am shocked. I'm thrilled but surprised because of the prolonged CPR uh, that he underwent. Um, but let's be very clear, Heidi. DeMar Hamlin is hardly the first uh, athlete who has collapsed of a severe event since these shots have rolled out. Uh, we have had this massive increase in these events, and it's not just conjecture because people are paying more attention. We actually have the numbers showing how many um, professional or professional level athletes had sudden cardiac arrests in prior years compared to what's happened in the past year and a half. So he's hardly alone. This happened on national television, which is what has brought so much attention to it. I saw the replays very quickly. Clearly, I have not examined DeMar Hamlin. I don't have access to his medical records. But I can tell you, when something like this happens in a professional-level athlete, there are you know, multiple things that enter into my differential diagnosis as an emergency and trauma physician. I have to consider, could he have an underlying heart uh, issue that had not been previously diagnosed? It's possible and extraordinarily unlikely, given the unbelievably uh, intensive cardiac workups that are done to NFL athletes before they are ever hired on. So very unlikely. Second thing that everyone wanted to jump to was, is it commotio cordis? A phrase, a term that no one besides a handful of trauma physicians and cardiologists had ever heard before Monday, but now everyone is an armchair expert. Of course. That concept, that the, the phenomenon of commotio cordis, that a sudden blow to the center of the chest can cause cardiac arrest, is absolutely possible. But it, and it is very, very rare and is reportably rare if it doesn't involve a projectile. And by projectile, what I mean is a hockey puck, a baseball, softball, something that is fist-sized that hits in the center of the chest during a minuscule microsecond uh, portion of the cardiac cycle. The idea that it happened from a shoulder pad, and I saw the, the, uh, the actual hit, I, I'm not buying it. I think, again, do I have to consider it? You betcha. Do I think it's likely? No. 
What's, what's interesting is the overwhelming vitriol and, and unwillingness for the masses to consider the elephant in the room, which is, right. is this yet one more athlete who has just had a vaccine-related cardiac event? Uh, and you weren't even allowed to ask about it. It, it. It's amazing that the same people who are out there within minutes railing that, you know, Damar Hamlin's vaccine status is nobody's business are the very same people who thought right. that my vaccine status and your vaccine status should be made public to every bar and restaurant owner, airline and concert venue for two years. Yep. So, absolutely. you know, I mean, it's and this is an issue, frankly, of public health. If you are at a at the food you know, court at the local mall and people around you start vomiting and having diarrhea, you have every right to ask where they got their food. Right. I mean, this, exactly. this, is, exactly. this is a public health issue because it's an ongoing potential risk to massive numbers of people. By the way, as we're talking about this, I'm watching replays of the old Dominion uh, sophomore basketball player who collapsed with a sudden event in the middle of a game today versus Georgia Southern. Okay. Yep. These things are happening all the time. The, the question is whether or not they're caught on film and whether or not people are going to start, as I said, addressing the elephant in the room. We know from the data, we know from people who have died from sudden cardiac events in the past year, we know from their autopsies what their hearts are full of and what their heart muscles are full of on, on path, you know, the pathology, when you look at the slides, they are full of vaccine-induced spike proteins. We have the stains, Heidi, that allow us to differentiate between spike proteins that are, happened and were produced from the virus itself and spike proteins that were produced in response to the vaccine. And it is crystal clear under the microscope that these, the heart muscle, the heart damage that's being done to these athletes and to others who are having sudden cardiac death is as a result of spike proteins that were produced in response to the vaccines. This is Absolutely. really well, critical information. It, it is a re really important information. Stick with Dr. Kelly Victory. Of course, I'm Heidi Harris. Heidi Harris Show every Sunday night here, 7 to 9 p.m. So, Dr. Victory, talk to me about subclinical myocarditis, because a lot of people were talking about that. I mean, I was reading a million things online, and, of course, you saw the things that were discussed about DeMar Hamlin as a physician. You read them differently than I do. You understand it differently than I do, clearly, as board certified for all these decades. But talk to me about subclinical myocarditis and if that could have been a factor or if that is a factor in anybody's health, how would that work? How would that be diagnosed? Well, again, this is one of those things. Subclinical myocarditis means that people actually have inflammation of heart muscle, but they're not having symptoms from it. In other words, they're not having chest pain. They're not having shortness of breath. They're not having exercise intolerance. But unbeknownst to them, they actually have inflammation of the heart muscle. That is what we uh, are worried about is happening in these athletes. They're highly trained athletes. They do very, very well most of the time, and it's not until their heart rates and blood pressures get up very high during, for example, a play or an extended uh, sprint, for example. And then that inflammation predisposes them to an abnormal heart rhythm that results in cardiac, sudden cardiac death. We know from now numerous studies, including a large one out of Thailand, and the importance of this study was that it looked at kids between the ages 
of 12 and 28 before they got vaccinated. It screened them. They had no evidence of having had COVID. They did not have COVID antibodies. They did extensive cardiac workups in these patients before that none of them had any evidence of heart issues. And immediately following COVID vaccination, 29.4%, 30% of them developed, had sudden onset of cardiac abnormalities following vaccination. We know not all of them were symptomatic. Most of them weren't symptomatic. Most of them had what you call subclinical myocarditis that, that was diagnosed by doing a combination of x-rays, cardiac workups, uh, laboratory tests that show uh, whether there's injury to the heart muscle, those sorts of things. And the problem is that there is no such entity, Heidi, as mild uh, myocarditis. All mm. myocarditis is not, I mean, by definition, the risk of having later, that you may recover from the initial bout of it, but it causes scarring of the heart muscle. Down the road, people who had, you know, even subclinical myocarditis are then at risk for developing heart failure, pump failure, being ending up on a heart transplant list. The mortality rate it goes is exponential for people who have myocarditis. There is no such entity as mild myocarditis. Unbelievable. We're speaking with Dr. Kelly Victory. I'm Heidi Harris, of course. So talk to me about the people, and I know many, and you do too, who've had these shots who are fine at this point, because that's what people will say. Well, I had it, and I'm fine. Or people I know who've had it, they're fine. I don't mean my mom says that. I don't, you know, my, my friends are all fine. All right, well, most people are at this point, but talk a little bit about that, doctor. And I, I hope, listen, I some of the closest people in my life have had the shot. I pray that they stay fine. I don't know. But talk about that, how some people seem to be drastically affected, and some people aren't as much maybe affected, but some people are debilitated. I've interviewed some of these people. Talk about the differences, doctor, and how that works. And boy, it's a great question because we certainly don't understand the half of it at this point, why there's such a variation. Heidi, here are a couple of factors that are at play. Number one, we know that all the batches of vaccine are not created equal. Um, they're about 80% early on, 80% of the severe adverse events were associated with about 20% of the actual vaccine batches. There's actually a website, How Bad Is My Batch, howbadismybatch.com, where you can go and put in the vaccine manufacturer and the lot number and see what sorts of adverse events have been associated with that batch. And they are not homogenous by any stretch. So there's inconsistency in the batches, it appears. Secondly, other, you know, it's people's uh, have underlying issues that seem to affect how badly, uh, you know, they responded to a particular vaccine. Uh, some people clearly, you know, had adverse events like anaphylaxis. They actually had allergic type reactions. Other people right out of the box developed blood clots. They're somehow predisposed more than others to clotting in response to these spike proteins. Other people, and I'm like you, obviously, I am hoping that the people who've had no ill effects or aren't aware of any ill effects they've had thus far from a vaccine, I'm hoping it stays that way for them. But many of these adverse events we won't know about for years. You won't likely know about your increased risk of cancer uh, from these for years or your increased risk of developing an autoimmune disease um, or, or things of that sort. Th there's a reason, Heidi, 
why the average vaccine takes six to eight years to come to market if it ever comes to market at all. A lot of vaccines fail five, six years into the testing because you start saying, wow, this you know ended up causing cancer down the road or heart disease down the road or Parkinson's or Alzheimer's or multiple sclerosis or whatever else. And you don't know right out of the box. Can you imagine if we came to our conclusions about the adverse events associated with cigarette smoking, if we just looked at, you know, for 18 months? You said, well, I've been smoking for 18 months. I'm fine. Okay. Yeah. Get Mm. circle back with me in 10 years. Let me know how you're doing. Circle back with me in 15 years after you developed emphysema or lung cancer. So some of these, you know, it's not, unfortunately, there's no substitute for time in medicine. There's no Mm. substitute for time when testing a vaccine. And they were obligated to do at least the, you know, the 36, 48, you know, 60 months testing on these things, particularly given that the vast majority of people were not in the high-risk categories from COVID. It's one thing to say, you know, it's an experimental vaccine. We don't have the safety data, but people who are 70, 80, 90 years old in nursing homes, people with severe morbid obesity, they are such a high risk from this new virus that we think it's worth taking the risk with this untested experimental vaccine. That's one thing to talk about. The idea that you are going to mandate for young, healthy military recruits, healthy people under the age of 50, you know, athletes, you're going to mandate it for everybody, including people who already had and recovered from COVID. These things are unconscionable. You cannot force an untested experimental therapy on people who are at low risk from the disease itself and then find out you know, months later, as we are now, whoops, this, this is actually, you know, not, it's not effective. It's certainly not effective in stopping you from contracting the illness. It doesn't stop you from spreading it to others. And now it turns out that there are a heck of a lot of safety concerns about it. Unbelievable. We're speaking with Dr. Kelly Victory. Final question, and thank you so much, as always. You always make time for my audience. You have, for the last two years, you've been tirelessly out there just, you know, spreading information, although they call it misinformation, spreading information, asking questions which should have been asked, and God bless you for that. What should people do? Because in that latest numbers, I heard 80% of America's had at least one shot. Does that sound right to you, doctor? Is that the number? Yes. Uh, You know, right now, um, and this is one of the problems, uh, you know, you and I, Heidi, represent uh, two of the the dwindling group of the control group, meaning people who have had COVID but have never been vaccinated. Um, It's somewhere around 80 percent of Americans uh, who are eligible have had one dose or more. Many people, you know, 60 some have had uh, multiple doses, 60 percent have had multiple doses. Um, there's nothing you can do to, to unvaccinate yourself. And I'm not suggesting that people live in fear. I think that that's, um, that's unrealistic. My suggestion to people who've been vaccinated is do the things you would normally do to maintain the health and wellness of your immune system. All the things that you should have been educated on during this entire pandemic debacle, uh, things like supplementing vitamin D, taking zinc, getting adequate sleep, good nutrition, regular exercise, all of those sorts of things. Keep doing those things. But be aware if you're having symptoms of something to at least be willing to consider 
Is it possible that this is related to the uh, injections that I received? And if so, to make sure that you are going and talking to a physician who's also willing to consider that. Thank you. That, I was going to ask you, someone who will acknowledge it yeah. and at least say, okay, this could, if your doctor completely dismisses, says this can't possibly be it, we don't know that it is, but if a doctor completely dismisses your concerns, you got to find another doctor. Exactly, and you, because you're not going to find what you don't look for, Heidi. Right. Um, so you have to at least be waiting. You know, I can't say with certainty that Damar Hamlin's cardiac arrest on you know national television was a result of his vaccine. But I sure as heck need to be considering it, or I won't know to look for and to do the right tests to right. see if I can find it. If your doctor isn't willing to consider whether your new onset, you know, ringing in your ears, or your new onset. Uh, you know, kidney issue or your new onset heart issue, if he's not willing to consider that it could be a vaccine-related thing, the proper tests won't get done, and I promise you, you won't end up getting the quality of care uh, that you should. So that's really my suggestion is have an open mind. I wish no ill on anyone who participated in this experiment. Um, I feel badly because I feel like so many people were not made aware that you actually are a subject in an ongoing experiment because right. all of these vaccines remain experimental. They are not FDA approved. There is not an FDA approved vaccine for COVID available in the United States, despite what you may have been told or led to believe. So you're you're participating in an experiment. And I think that informed consent was not given to people. It was one of the greatest failures of healthcare and of public health that I have ever seen in my entire lifetime. And we need to make sure that this never happens again. Absolutely. Early COVID care is your website. You can, you have a website with Dr. Peter McCullough and a lot of other great doctors. You've got great information up there. You know, people can reach out if they've got questions about this because we want, listen, we don't want anybody, like you said, we don't wish anybody ill. I don't want anybody to suffer, but you need to have a doctor. If you've been you know, vaccinated, you need to have a doctor who will at least acknowledge it so you can get the proper treatment. Super important. Earlycovidcare.org. And you can follow Dr. Kelly Victory. Now that she's back on Twitter, whoop, whoop, at Dr. Yeah. Kelly Victory, spelled <laughs> just like you expect. Great having you back on Twitter. Great always having you on my show. I so appreciate you making the time for my audience every time, doctor. Thanks for having me as always, Heidi, and have a great start to this new year. God bless you. Yeah, we need more, more truth in the new year. That's for sure. Don't forget her website is earlycovidcare.org. Check it out and follow her on Twitter at Dr. Kelly Victory, just like it sounds. I'm Heidi Harris. Don't forget you can join me live Sunday nights, 97.1 FM Talk. I'm on 7 to 9 p.m. St. Louis time. Always a great time on Sunday nights. And during the week, I do podcasts and I also do videos I put up on Rumble. And as the year is beginning again, I'm going to get back to it. I spent a lot of time over the Christmas holidays giving my friends vacations. So I kind of got away from my stuff. So I'll be back to it. And don't forget, you can follow me at HeidiHarris.com. That's my main website. And you can email me there. And also, please get on my email list. And I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Heidi Harris Show. Heidi Harris Show. Heidi Harris Show. Until we meet again, remember, you've got a purpose. God created you for one. Find it and live it. Here's Tony Scottwell. Mm-hmm.